Welcome to Centre Ice, the Hockey Alberta podcast, home to all things hockey in our great province. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 24 of Centre Ice, the Hockey Alberta podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Strybosch, and you may notice that I am a new voice from our previous host, Ted Emmett. Well, apparently Ted did such a good job at hosting this podcast that he earned himself a job in radio, so he's moved on from Hockey Alberta. I'm excited to have this opportunity and look forward to bringing you quality content from around the province. On this episode, I sat down with the Chief Executive Officer of Hockey Alberta, Rob Latwinski, who discussed the successes of last season, what to look forward to this season, and what the future holds in the next few years. Before we get to the interview, here are a few things that are important to know as we roll into a new hockey season. This season, thanks to the generous donations from the Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation and the Calgary Flames Foundation, all Coach One Intro to Coach in-person clinics will be offered at a discounted rate of $22 plus GST until the deadline of November 15th. For all coaches at the U7 or U9 level, this is a great opportunity to get your certification and learn some great coaching tips. For all other coaches, registration is also open for our other clinics, including Coach Two, Development One, and Checking Skills. Visit the Coaches tab on HockeyAlberta.ca to see what coaching certifications you need and how to register for a clinic. Along with our coaching clinics, officiating clinics are also open for registration. Officiating is a great way to stay involved in the game and make some extra money over the winter. Visit the Register tab on Officials.HockeyAlberta.ca to learn how to register for a clinic. The AEHL and AFHL are in the process of kicking off their seasons. Each league features three divisions and some of the top elite male and female players in the province. Both leagues stream their games on Hockey TV, which is offering a full year subscription for a discounted rate of $149.99, down from their standard rate of $199.99. Make sure to get your subscription today so you don't miss any of the action. And finally, coach and trainer applications are now open for the 2023 Spring Showcase, featuring the Alberta Cup, Alberta Challenge, and Prospects Cup. These events will run at the end of April into the first couple weeks of May, with regional camps scheduled for late March and early April. Head to HockeyAlberta.ca to submit your application. That's all for what you need to know, so let's go ahead and get into our interview with the CEO of Hockey Alberta, Rob Latwinski. Hello and welcome into the Hockey Alberta head office. My name is Kevin Strybosch, and we're here for somewhat of what's become an annual tradition with our CEO, Rob Latwinski, where we bring him in and do our season kickoff interview. So Rob, welcome. It's nice to be here with you under some different circumstances from the last couple of seasons. This is definitely the closest I've been to a host so far. It's uh, it's great to be back and obviously we're starting off the season without what we've had the last couple of years with restrictions and really looking forward to the season. Perfect. So let's start with, with last season and look back. What were some of the highlights that you had from last season? Well, you know, I think that we started off last year with a lot of uncertainty and I think that just really, really proud of our team. When I say our team, I I talk about our staff and our volunteers, but certainly everybody at the local level in pulling off the season. We started off, we weren't sure, but the season got going. But then right around Christmas time, we know that some things got restricted and and that changed some things for us. So working through that again and, and knowing what we had learned for two previous years, just really, really proud of moving through that. And I think the thing we all learned with which I think is helping us now every day is the fact that when you don't know what's coming every second day or every day, it it makes you adjust to the way that you're trying to 
get players on the ice. I think if there's one thing that COVID taught us as a system, which I think I think we've learned, but sometimes it's easy to fall back into the way we used to do things, is we had one singular purpose for the game, and that was to get players on the ice and keep them on the ice. And while I can't say I enjoyed the COVID experience, you know, in our role here in, in hockey, I can say that I really did appreciate the fact that there was a real singular purpose to getting kids on the ice, making sure they could make sure they could play and everybody from from the national level to the provincial level to the local level to every single player and every coach and every parent had the same goal in mind and I think that's not always there for us so I think that was a really key learning and I think it's something that I try to remind myself of as we go through the the normal hectic hockey schedule that we're starting off right now. Yeah absolutely getting kids on the ice was was the biggest thing getting back to some of the events and programming that we run was definitely one of the biggest highlights for me um including the spring showcase that we ran here with the Alberta Cup, Alberta Challenge and Prospects Cup in April and May earlier this year. And it really allowed us to utilize this great facility that we have that we moved into back in 2018. So can you just speak to the importance of, you know, being able to host our programming in a, a facility like this. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it is exciting. Obviously, we've talked a lot about our vision. Obviously, we're very proud of our head office uh, here at RDP, and we're very proud to be overlooking a hockey rink, which you and I are overlooking right now. And those are all great things to say. And some could say, well, that, that's one hockey rink in central Alberta. Maybe that doesn't matter to our vision. And for us, it was really the culmination of what we always thought this could be for us. And, you know, I think we brought, and I don't know the exact stats, but I think we brought more than a thousand athletes into this building from all around the province and you know if, if we did it electronically or if we had a the old-fashioned at my age of a map with a stick pin I think we would show that in our province we'd have stick pins everywhere so to speak we had athletes and coaches and officials and volunteers and trainers and parents coming from all corners of the province and that's what the vision of this always was is a place to have our home base to have the ability to offer that and and to offer a great experience for our athletes and you know the partnership with RDP has been terrific the ability to have facility and, and and certainly accommodations and food services have been absolutely absolutely terrific for us. So to watch that actually unfold, especially on the heels of, of, of COVID, was something that I think as an organization we can all be very, very proud of. And, and I think it's it's actually just the tip of the iceberg. You know, part of part of that vision for us was the ability to bring in some exciting different events as well. And and we were probably about seven or eight hours away from hosting a world junior game. And obviously things changed here a lot. And and, and that was that was an important piece for us as well. It was, it was us stepping up in terms of, you know, the ability to provide an opportunity here for you know for fans and for and for players. And unfortunately, the way things worked out in December, uh, that didn't work out for us. But it was another extension of what what this real facility can be for us, and and what the programming and really what we're what we call at times our provincial training center can be for us. So as we move into a new season, ideally with restrictions and everything behind us. How is registration looking for this year? And what are you looking forward to most about the upcoming year? Well, our registration right now, we don't know officially, but I can say, I think somewhat confidently that we're trending at least to what we had in 2019, if not better. Some of our early indications, obviously different parts of our province are at different stages of registration, but our early indicators so far from those that have already started is very, very positive. Meaning, you know, we, we do know that we took a dip during COVID, which I, I think would have been expected, I guess. And, and now we're, we're going to reach at least what we had in 2019 and possibly greater. The other thing about registration that, that did get some attention and, and it 
it was a it was something that we saw nationally but certainly impacted our province was you know through the uncertainty of covid i think we lost some of our officials especially in year one and a pretty good comeback in year two but once again those are trending very very positively and in talking with brett kelly and and leading our officials group we believe that we're going to be at 2019 or better levels there as well so so certainly i think keep registering if you want to be an official if you're going through the process and wanting to be part of hockey i think that you know momentum is there and uh, we certainly hope to have people from a registration standpoint. Great reminder that officials clinics and coaches clinics are all available for registration right now. So feel free to head over to the Hockey Canada website and you're able to register for those. So looking forward into this season, do you want to just touch on a few of the new changes Hockey Alberta is implementing for the upcoming year? There's a number of different things going on with our models. Uh, we've got various pilots going. We've changed some. There's certainly some U18 body checking. We have, you know, the new division of play at the, at the U17 level. And those are all things that I think that um, there's probably people scared right now that I might actually be the person speaking to those, and, and I won't do that. But what I will say is that we're in a constant state of, of evolution, a constant state of change. And I think that happens through the, you know, the the infrastructure that we've set up. And what I mean by that is our various committees that are working hard during COVID, after COVID, all the way through to try and make this game a better place for all of us from a competition standpoint. And I think what we've learned, our plan is really reaching out to do this is is the fact that our plan ultimately is there to realize that there are options for people out there now. And I think our game has to continue to adapt. And I think competition is really good. Competition internally to organization is good. And frankly, competition from, from external sources is good as well because it makes you better and I think that that's what these groups that have done the work that has led to you know to led to our pilot and, and led to some of the changes we've seen that's about adapting and trying to do what's best for the customer so I'll make make fun of myself again and say I'm not the right person to talk about the detail certainly I'm sure that we can have a, another guest to or two to talk about that but at the end of the day I'm really really proud of the fact that we've set up an infrastructure that allows really difficult conversations to happen to make changes that that continue to enhance our game and enhance the ability for us to to move forward with what our customers want because not every customer wants the same things and and I think I'm really proud of the fact that you know these discussions are happening and they're resulting in what we believe are good in some cases we can pilot some things but in some other cases we've made some some definitive direction on on moving forward in the game now off the ice I know that you sit on and have put a ton of work into Hockey Alberta's Equity Diversity and Inclusion Committee so can you tell us about how the committee was formed and some of the work that you've done since its inception. Well, how it was formed is, is it starts at the top. Our board of directors, you know, really started looking at itself internally and, and realizing are they are they where you want to be from an EDI lens? And, and I think they recognize that they need to look at changes. And I think they've done that. And if you look at the formation of our board, it's it's very easy to see that uh, that they've started down that path. And, and if someone was to go to the website and, and read information on our board, they, they'd see that. And that's really, really positive. So it starts at the top. Um, we also knew in this space that we needed to do more. And we probably didn't know exactly what to do. We know that there's been some great work in Hockey Nova Scotia. We know that Hockey Canada's started the journey on some of that work, you know, and, and we knew that in our case, we wanted to figure out what, what's the right thing to do. So we, we talked with our board, we talked with one of our board committees, and we tried to figure out what would be the next best step for us. And we felt that what we called an EDI task force was next. And we called it a task force because we didn't know if it was a standing committee yet or, or, or what it would, we had some discussion as to whether this was a board committee or, or a committee of the C. And at the end of the day, we came to a good conclusion. I think we started last October, November was the right way to go. And I have to give a, a really big shout out, I guess, to, to one of our board members, Alamin Vera, who was instrumental in helping us try and 
recruit and ultimately populate the committee. We're fortunate to get a person that I, I think I can call a friend now. I didn't know Anton before, but just a terrific chair in Anton Joseph. And then ultimately worked uh, worked to try and fulfill, you know, try and build the committee to make it as diverse as possible. For myself personally, you know, it was a really important committee for me to sit on, I think. I've had the chance to sit with that group and, and really do a lot of listening. You know, the conversations have been very, very valuable for me. I'd say very rewarding, but certainly not easy. Very difficult at times because I think there's been circumstances where, where that committee has comfortable in sharing experiences in the game that, that none of us want to see. So that's what we're trying to ultimately move forward on. And it's something that, uh, that I'm really proud to have been part of. And, and I think what we've tried to do, starting with things like our summit, was try and share that experience as a Point of education and awareness for our membership. So at the end of the day, I think the first one was really the, the fact that, you know, our committee, and this sounds maybe like a small thing, but we went from a task force to a committee. And what that means to us is it's a standing committee, a permanent committee. That group was as part of our orientation there with the rest of our different hockey committees and whatnot. So I think that was an important step for Hockey Alberta. This is not the type of work that is going to start on one date and end on another. It's not going to be one big fancy plan that, uh, that's going to cover everything. It's an on going every day a way to move forward. So I think making the committee a standing committee, a permanent committee was important and that was a big first step. We were part of the Hockey Alberta Summit. We had a hot stove and a panel to, to let all our members understand a bit more about what really this committee has been doing so far. So I think that was a good first step. I'd love to see us do more of that as we move forward. Um, we did a survey, which we shared the results during the summit. We'll share more formally what those results are in, in probably a, I would call it a final wrap-up report sometime this fall. The committee will put put that out to uh, to the group, which is really, really good. I mean, it's something that we think with that data, it certainly had a very specific EDI lens to it that, that we can continue to work and make the game a lot better. Um, as the committee went through different things, we recognized very quickly that the work on maltreatment that's been going on at Hockey Canada on our level did intersect with the work of this committee. And, and the committee put together some, Hockey Alberta loves our subcommittees and our committees, but we put together some other subcommittees, which actually worked specifically on the maltreatment recommendations and what we could do. So we know that year last year was year one. So that enabled us to to give a perspective to Hockey Canada and to our staff and volunteers here, which I'm not sure we had before. And, and that's resulted in some changes that I think we'll talk about a little bit later. And the last one that could be the most transformative and arguably the most exciting, but has the most work to go is really the idea of starting an EDI society, which would be for all sport. I think the committee felt that well, we're proud to be part of it from a hockey perspective. Perhaps hockey could be one of the founding partners that, that really starting a group for sport to go in this province, which would allow them to continue to attain new resources and, and things like that. And that's, I think, a huge step for us. And, and we got a quick glimpse of why that might be important after the presentation by the committee when we had a number of our members, which I think is exciting to think about, walk up to our panelists, walk up to our committee members, contact us after, contact committee members after, and say, we wanna try and make a difference in our respective areas. How can you help us? And I think this is one way we can do that, but we certainly have a long ways to go on that. But I think just some real life example of why that's needed. Mm -hmm. You did 
just touch on it briefly there, but a new implementation last year was Rule 11.4, which was focused on calling, tracking, and properly managing acts of maltreatment. So this year, Hockey Alberta is working to continue that progress by appointing a maltreatment officer and four maltreatment volunteers to oversee the tracking and investigating processes. So can you speak to the importance of the rule and the policy and the enhanced focus that Hockey Alberta has on it this season? Uh, yeah, it's it's very important. It's about taking behavior we don't want in the game out and, and making what happens inside of our walls a safe place. And I think that the policy first off, which again is on our website and, and certainly any type of ability to intake complaints and whatnot is on our website. And that's a huge Huge step, but I think a lot more attention probably got put onto the playing rule. And uh, we know that that got launched across the country. Basically, it was kind of finalized last summer and it started in the fall. And in, in some cases, that maybe led to some confusion because there wasn't as much education about it. I think as we enter year two, we know that uh, working with our branch partners in Hockey Canada, that we expect shortly to be in a position where there'll be more education on the policy and why it's important and how we just have to continue to work very hard at removing this type of unacceptable behavior in the game and then working on our end we wanted to be prepared as Hockey Alberta to improve and I think the recommendations we received from the EDI committee allowed us to put ourselves in a position where we could try and improve and make sure that you know the process and and the really important work that goes on after unfortunate incidents like that that we handle them as best we can and then that's where some of the, the recommendations or the, the work that we're doing first off on the officers and the investigators and it is important for us to make sure that this this is really important work to to get right and I think it's important that we do that for our membership as we go ahead and a big part of that too which we're we know we'll we'll really rely on Hockey Canada for as well is just the educational piece and when we look at the EDI committee and how the society may work I think that education piece and that ability when communities in our province say hey we need some help to be able to go there and, and have the resources to help them. I think those are huge steps in us moving forward and, and we've got a lot of work to go in this area. And we also know that there's probably some uncertainty in terms of you know, exactly how this intersects with the, uh, with the action plan and, and in specific the independent third party review that we've all seen as part of the Hockey Canada action plan. We know we may have to make some changes, but I think the good news is we're ready right now and we'll be ready for any changes we have. And it's about ultimately not just processing the situations, but more, more importantly than that, creating the expectation that, that this is, it's not acceptable in our game and continue to move forward. Hockey Alberta has been working on a strategic direction termed J2025, which has been a point of emphasis for the board and the senior leadership team. So do you want to run us through what HA2025 looks like? Sure, it's five objectives or OKRs as we call them. I've referenced our website a few times, but you'll like that in the communications team, I'm plugging that. But ultimately, it's also something we've shared publicly, but five objectives that are really, really important. And we believe we've put in sound measurement. This past year was year one of the plan, but really five components to it. And the first one is our minor hockey associations. You know, they obviously are the lifeblood of, and are all our members, but our minor hockey associations are lifeblood of that where it starts for, for all of our Participants. We want to continue to work hard with them on, on making that experience locally as, as good as possible. We know their job is more difficult than it's ever been. Our expectations are high, as they should be. So we, we will implement a, an assessment process to, to really give those associations and ultimately ourselves an ability to say where are we at in certain parts of our province and certain associations. As important as any assessment, though, is really us having the tools to say, 
okay, there's something really good going on in this part of the province. Can we model something there? But in other cases where maybe an area of an association isn't where they need to be and they recognize that through an assessment, we have the ability to help them and go and say, here's where we can help. I think we've done some exciting things with adding our MHA liaisons, which are there to kind of assist all different sizes of associations. And I think it's a real important step for us. So that, that's kind of our first one. And I think people would understand that's an obvious one, but it's really, really important. Another real obvious one is, is coaching. The coaches have, you know, probably the biggest impact on our athletes' experience in the game. Uh, I don't think anybody would argue that. Hockey Alberta is very proud of the coaching resources we've put together, both written, electronic, but ultimately human. We're proud of what we've done there. So you could argue that it's what we already do. So why is it, a, why is it one of your core objectives over the next four years? because it's that important. And we've put some steps in play that we believe are gonna help continue to educate all levels of coaches from you know, from our AAA levels down to our tiered levels and, and assist in, in our pond and rec as well. Because a, a good experience from a, from a great coach is bringing that athlete back and that's what we want. And ultimately we felt it was important enough to, to pull out of our day-to-day -day business and say, this is a crucial objective for us. We've also created an objective number three, which is really improving, enhancing our competition model. Some of the items we talked about earlier in this podcast about our models and, and trying different pilots, that's all about trying to look at our competition model and what that means is our basically our league play and try and improve it. That's everything from officiating to the way the schedules work. We've done a player satisfaction survey, which we have a baseline now that we can kind of compare where people's experiences are. We had great, great support from our members on that, but really what the competition model is about is continue to adapt to the environment we have to make sure that Albertans have every opportunity to play what they want in the in the right fashion and I think we're really you know really excited about some of the things coming along there whether it be U11, U13, people look at the site they'll see the word boundary in there and really taking a serious look at what that means for us and in, 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 in not in, in 2022 and beyond so it's a huge area. Fourth is is really about creating more opportunities for our members and for in some cases for non-members and what I mean by that is, is really just trying to get more kids in the game. We're fortunate to partner with our Hockey Alberta Foundation and have the Every Kid Every Community grant you know and we know that you know we're able to put out a just over a million dollars last year alone, thanks in large part to, to a major donor in the Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation. But at the end of the day, really look and try and find creative options for our members to try new things. And that's happened and we want to make that continue to happen. But it's also about maybe bringing other delivery groups into the game as well. Perhaps they become members at some point too. And we know there's a lot of different pockets of hockey that we need to try and continue to work on. So that's a real exciting initiative for us as well, an objective. And the last Last one, which maybe isn't hockey related, but does actually tie, it ties to the bottom line. I am a parent. I've been a parent in sport, not just hockey. I know that at the end of the day, the bills are paid by the end user. They're paid by the parent. And we know no matter how you divide that up, it always, it seems to come down to that. In our case, we're proud that we believe we've always kept our fees as low as we possibly can. This objective for us is really about trying to create other revenue sources, maybe using this fantastic facility and some of the brands and properties we've created to, to really find new partners to insert more dollars into the game that aren't actually coming from the parents. We think that's important because it can actually keep the cost down and we want to go in and do what we think we can do a better job of, of utilizing some of the brands we already have and connecting to partners that are just as passionate about the game as we are and move forward there. So that's a little bit about our five objectives. I have a few of our board members say that I still got to tighten up that elevator speech, but I think we have lots of time today. So I wanted to expand on a few of them. We knew you would require lots of time for your answers, so we didn't put a time limit on it but luckily that was the last question i had for you so um 
Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on before we wrap up the interview here? I think that I started off the top and, and I'd say that we learned a lot through COVID that when sport was taken away from us, we know how important it was to try to get it back. And I think collectively, everybody in the game, every sport was trying their best to make sure that happened. Um, I think that provided some purity to why we're all in the game and why everybody's joined the game and why you want your children to join the game. I, I think as the game has started again without restrictions and whatnot it's very easy to forget and there's a lot of competing interests about what's best for my family what's best for my town what's best for for my region what's best for my league etc and I think that is where we see sometimes there's a lot of great passion in our game but sometimes those competing interests are, are difficult to work through I just continue to remind people that let's find that little piece that we had when the game was missing and realize that you know I believe that uh, sport of hockey and all team sports and all sport in general are great things for our young children to be part of. Our mission says we're all here. All of us are in this together to make that experience as as great as possible. Us administrators, our volunteers, our coaches, let's continue to look out for number one, which is that player experience. And let's all do the best to get there as we start 22-23. Well, thank you, Rob, for taking some time to, uh, to chat with us today. We're looking forward to a great season coming up here. There you go. Some great information shared by Rob there. And of course, I'd just like to say a big thank you to Rob for taking some time out of his day to chat with us. And with that, I'd just like to wrap up the episode by saying thank you for listening, and we hope you all have a safe and happy start to the hockey season. Thank you for listening to the Center Ice Podcast. For this episode and more, head to HockeyAlberta.ca. If there's a topic you'd like covered on an upcoming episode, email info at HockeyAlberta.ca.